0: and welcome to Call to the Far
1: Shore. I'm James, and I'm Andy. Google Translate, Google Translate. I don't know if you've been like me, but for the past week or so, I have had that annoying song round and round in my head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad it's meant so much to you, Andy. So it was um, brilliant. It wasn't I annoying. have to say, I, I I have been disappointed. I was disappointed with your your contribution. Uh, I felt like I felt like I uh, I embarrassed
1: myself uh, more than you. So <laughs> <laughs> well, that that makes two of us about my uh, in in being disappointed on my contribution. I think I said it I said it last week on the pod. I I did after hearing yours. I did really feel bad because you would put a lot of work into yours, <laughs> and it actually and it actually was was good. <laughs> oh, is that right? And yeah, my, mine was just a downloaded Brazilian backing track with me yeah. just. Drones uh, Portuguese lyrics I'm,
0: not, I'm not sure if good is, is the right, is the right word, but I, I appreciate your encouragement, Andy. So as, as always, well. as always, you're the, the positive one of the two of us. So <laughs> uh, long may that continue. So, yeah, yeah. so uh, Brazil was in my newsfeed this morning, as I woke up this morning and checking the news. Um, So I, COVID in Brazil, uh, I've oh. heard you guys are heading into another, another
1: lockdown or. Yeah, it's coming. Well, can we be political in this podcast? I don't know. Basically, our president is is a bit of a COVID denier, and 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 all sorts. Um, so yeah, we've there's no national plan. Um, there's there's vaccin vaccinations are being very slow, and there's not really any lockdown. So combined together, you're asking for trouble. So yeah, it seems like things are going to get a little bit tighter before they get better. So yeah, do do be praying for us. Yeah, no, I saw that. I think, I,
0: yes, we're, I guess we try and avoid politics, but I did see an interesting quote from your president. I think it was uh, a couple of months ago. Was something along the lines of people are going to die of something, so um, yeah. so stop whining about it and get yeah. on. So yeah. yeah,
1: just just live with it or <laughs> yeah,
0: live with it. A, so or does or that, actually die with it. Is basically yeah. what. So it's it's ironic um, because we're actually a year to the day, Andy, since right. uh, we were actually. Together here in the US, when, when the lockdown here in the US first started, it was actually the thirteenth of March uh, last year. It was yeah. the last time I ate inside a restaurant. We ate. Is we went for right? Chinese together, yeah. Yeah, and it was it that night. It was that night that California went into lockdown. Yeah. and uh, we desperately scrambled to find you a flight back to Brazil.
1: Yeah, and and you flew back.
0: So it was yeah, crazy. Well,
1: it was it was yeah. We're recording this on the the tenth of March. And it was a year ago today that I, I flew out of Brazil, got to you guys tomorrow on the 11th, and then had a nice two days with you. And then suddenly lockdown came, this kind of COVID thing suddenly started causing all sorts of trouble. And it was like, oh man, you need to, you need to get out of here. <laughs> Unless you're gonna be stuck here. And uh, And then, yeah, I came back. So I had a nice four day trip. And for those of you who perhaps don't really understand the distances, I came from Brazil all the way to Northern California just for three days. I <laughs> came back. A, long weekend. <laughs> A long weekend. A long weekend.
0: Oh, man, it was so crazy. Andy, Does I mean, does COVID, I mean, does it have, how much effect has it had on the, on the revive house? Has it had any impacts there in terms of the daily operations and running?
1: Yeah, well, well, obviously Revive has had to stay open, you know, all the way through the pandemic. It's an essential service, and so, so obviously the girls have, you know, been in the house, and and our staff have been coming, have been coming into work every single day, and so we've had to make some changes, and so the, currently Uber is a uh, is getting a lot of money out of uh, out of Revive, and we're bringing all of our staff in on on Uber, um, and and thankfully uh things things are okay. At least the girls have never caught any of the COVID uh in the house. A few of our staff have had it, um, but they've been able to stay at home and 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 not, you know, infect others that revive. So thankfully we've we've got away pretty good so far. Although, you know, the poor kids in the house, they haven't even been out of the house for for, for, for a year or so now. So it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy. And uh, yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to be getting better anytime soon in in Brazil, at least. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh well, no. I appreciate
0: I appreciate the the update there, Andy. Like I say, I'm always interested when I see Brazil in the news. Unfortunately, the news these days tends to be depressing. So if you see a country in the news, it's never never for a good reason. So no, no. <laughs> but anyway, and then um, next week as well, uh, we'll hopefully uh, at least the girls will have something exciting to look forward to this week, which is they're going to be uh, listening to uh, our, our songs from last week. Uh, and judging us and, and coming up with a winner, too. So at least they have yeah. some silver lining for
1: this week. And, 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 I think, and I think everybody knows which song they're going to choose. Um, it's, yeah, fairly, it's fairly obvious.
0: It's fairly so obvious. They're going to the sure pick the summer beats. They're going to pick the summer beats, Andy. Yeah. We know it. We I'll, know be it.
1: Crowned, I'll be crowned champion oh, uh, right. next, Yeah, uh, I can see week. it
0: happening now. So, Andy, um, when I was... Growing up at church, we always had the curse of the visitor. Um, and The curse of the visitor was basically you invite someone to come to church with you um, or you go to a friend's church for the first time. And you can guarantee you can guarantee that it's going to be something crazy, something oh, yeah. weird, um, something terrible. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I had an experience once where I went to Glasgow and a friend's church and they were talking about the story of Jericho. Uh, So the way they did it was they inflated a bounce house, a bounce castle uh, in the middle of the church. And during the service, they got everyone to hold hands and walk around the bounce house. And then as the walls of Jericho fell, uh, the bounce house slowly deflated. Deflated. uh, So that that was a good example of the curse of the visitor. But the other curse of the visitor as well is you bring someone along to church and churches invariably talk about giving or financing. Mm. Or money. Yeah, give us give us your money exactly, and it plays into that stereotype that that's kind of what churches talk about all the time is talking about money. Yes. So the curse of the visitor. If this is the first time you are tuning into Call to the Far Shore, <laughs> uh, today we're actually talking about money. We're talking about yeah. finances. Uh, so we are going to try and do three things today. So we're going to try and talk about a little overview. Of giving in the Bible. So why why do Christians give? We're going to look at the Old Testament, New Testament very briefly. Uh, and then we're going to talk about why it's so difficult uh, for missionaries uh, to raise support. And then finally, we're going to give kind of James and Andy's uh, top three things uh, that we'd like to change about the church uh, when it comes to giving and mission. So that'll be Yay. exciting. But we're going right. to kick with a segment, Andy. I think you've probably seen these on YouTube. Uh, there's these segments where they do like the the whole Avengers series in five minutes, or you know, <laughs> Lord of the Rings in three minutes or less. Uh, so what we're going to try and do right now is we're going to try and do uh, the theology of giving in uh, how many minutes are we give ourselves here, Andy? Are
1: we going to do two? Go on, do it in two minutes. It's going to be good. Oh Old goodness. Testament, the Old Testament theology of giving in two minutes, James. In oh. a old english accent no (laughs)
0: that's not gonna work i think we should do the whole thing we'll do the whole thing old testament new testament in in four minutes i will do the old testament you do the new testament and then because that means if i go over then it's you that has to pay um, okay I'm I'm, I'm, i'm actually gonna set a timer oh you do that okay well we're gonna play a cool jingle and we're gonna go straight into it all right And now, for your listening pleasure, it's Andy and James's Average Theology in Four Minutes. Well, sort of. Okay, so giving in the Old Testament. Uh, The Old Testament tells the story of Israel. Uh, So Israel were this chosen people uh, that God chose to be the witness to the world about who God is. Um, So the problem is, though, that the people of Israel... Uh, They had to live in relationship with God, and they still had this issue of sin that was separating them from God. So God gave them the law, and this law was basically the rules by which they should live, uh, to live in right relationship with God. And part of this law uh, that you can read in Leviticus, if you're feeling brave, uh, was this idea of offerings and sacrifices. So these offerings and sacrifices all had different purposes, Um, Most of them involved the sacrifice of an animal, um, but each one had a different purpose. So some of the offerings and sacrifices were about dealing with the problem of sin. Uh, Some of them uh, were about uh, providing food uh, for the people that worked inside the temple, um, or they provided food for the poor, people that didn't have much They also reminded the people of all the great things that God had done, like rescuing them from Egypt. Um, And also uh, they pointed towards God's future promises. And God's future promise in the Old Testament was this future king, uh, which we know from the New Testament is Jesus. And also the most coolest thing was that these offerings, these givings were sometimes just about having a party, sometimes about just building relationships in the community Uh, and having a party together. Now, if you've been to church sometime in the last few years, you will hear churches talking about the word tithe. Uh, Tithe is this idea uh, of this 10%, 10% giving, like people should tithe. The idea of tithe comes from the Old Testament. It was one of these offerings that people gave. The tithe was actually to do with farming and to do with herding. It wasn't necessarily to do with money at all. It was mainly to do with giving crops, or giving animals uh, to God um, to the work of the temple. So that was kind of what giving and what offerings and what sacrifices were in the Old Testament, but then we hit the New Testament,
1: Jesus comes along and... So then in the New Testament, uh, Jesus has come and the New Testament tells the story of, of, of what Jesus did and also the story of, of the early church. Now, Everything changes in Jesus, all of the temple ministry of of the tithing, all of that giving uh, to the temple, all kind of changes uh, in Jesus. And and, and the temple ministry comes to an end in there. And all the way through the New Testament, there are quite a few different themes of, of, of giving, but not this time out of obligation to the law. It is out of our own free will out of our own love for Jesus and for his mission. And so 2 Corinthians 9:17 starts to say about giving out of our own free will. And even Romans 12 verse one and beyond tells us that actually it's not just giving money, which is important, it's giving us ourselves. It's sacrificing who we are for uh, the work of the gospel. And today we're gonna talk a little bit about those of us who are in full-time Christian ministry and actually the New Testament talks a lot about how the church should be supporting those who are in full-time ministry some of you will say, Well, hang on, Paul was a tent maker, and he said, No, I will support myself by making tents. And that is very true if you read Acts and some of the Roman and some of Paul's letters. He does start off as a tent maker, but as soon as the church is able to support him, he's like, Well, yes, this is what the church should do. The church should be giving uh, towards those who are in full-time ministry in Galatians 6, 6 and Philippians 4, 10 to 20, Paul talks a lot about how thanking the church for supporting him. And even in Romans 16, uh, verses 1 to 2, he asks the Roman church to support a a young missionary called Phoebe in her work. And even some people think that the only reason why Paul wrote Romans was to, to get to know them so that they could support him in his dream of preaching the good news over in Spain. And so... There is this real big theme there, and we're going to finish now, but some of you will say, well, what about about Jesus? What about that freeloaded Jesus? He never, you know, he didn't work, you know, a day in his life. And Jesus was like, that is true. It's because actually it is for the church to support me and for everybody else around me. And Jesus had this whole people uh, who who were supporting him and providing for him in his ministry. And so that is a very important theme uh, for us to continue today. Okay, Andy, what was the time there? Um, I think we both went over. I think it was... <laughs> we, we did that. Well, actually, that wasn't too bad. That was oh, five too bad. minutes, five it's minutes okay. flat. It's so okay. Two, we, so so 2.30 each. We, we said, we said
0: four, four minutes, sort of. So yeah, you know, that, that, that extra good. one minute 13 is sort of too. And it's and obviously, you know, if you listen to this too, there is so much more about yeah. the theology of giving. Hopefully, that was just a brief overview of some of the aspects. Uh, we didn't talk about the the idea the focus on the new testament of caring for the poor we didn't talk about the the verses in the old testament that talk about uh, providing for the widows and the orphans we didn't even dive into the book of james which talks about practical deeds along with with what we say uh, so putting things to practice too so hopefully that was a brief overview so let's let's kind of answer this this big question andy why is it so difficult for for missionaries to raise support. And and people might be saying, well, hold on a minute. You're asking a question that's making an assumption that it is difficult um, for for missionaries to raise support. But from the missionaries that that I know, uh, for example, Nick and Jenna, uh, or Nick, who I spoke to a couple of weeks ago, I know that Nick um, has to spend certain parts of his year uh, going around raising support. Uh, That's Mm. what he has to do. Uh, Oftentimes, towards the end of the year, there may be a shortfall. He has to send out letters. He has to contact people uh, to try and make sure that he and his family have enough money to live on uh, and to continue to support the work that he does uh, with college students. Uh, And that's an example that I know, but that that
1: seems to be very common. Would you agree? Definitely. And I think um, quite often, especially nowadays, Uh, people are quite keen that the other missionary, this missionary, also has a way of supporting themselves. So like going back to kind of the tent-making thing at Paul, uh, that, that Paul did. And so some people will say, well, why does this person need to be, you know, need our money from the church? Why can't they just, you know, get a job like everybody else does and then just do the kind of gospel missionary stuff in their spare time? And I suppose, hey, we are all missionaries and quite a lot of us do have, normal jobs and we should all be, you know, discipling and and doing mission work, you know, in our day-to-day lives. That's true. But some people are called to to sacrifice that kind of security that a a, a secular job brings and live by faith, um, doing the work that they feel that God has uh, um, called them to. And through us giving to them and through the church giving to them, it kind of takes that worry of trying to find another job off of their hands and frees them completely to doing the good work of the gospel. And that then brings another, sometimes a difficulty, because there are some people who are off, you know, in their mission, they are definitely uh, really doing something. They're involved with lots of things. You can can kind of see uh, what they're doing. Sometimes in other missionaries kind of mission, it's quite difficult for them to kind of produce quick fruits or show kind of, you know, why you should be investing in them.
0: Yeah, Sometimes, I, I, I imagine, yeah. like, for example, someone that's working in Jordan or someone that's working in a heavily uh, Muslim country uh, would maybe see very few fruits just because of the restrictions on, on what they can do and also the news that they could share um to maintain safety for believers in the country that they're in too.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now obviously there are some missionaries who are just completely lazy <laughs> and they are freeloaders. <laughs> and you know, and some people they, they do think, oh, this is an easy life. I'll just get a few churches to support me and I'll go to a hot country and 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 stay there. And so I think I think I think it is it is It is good and it's needed that the the sending churches do have some type of overview, overseeing what the person is doing, Um, which is sometimes why um, churches like that these missionaries are linked to mission agencies, because they feel like if if they are supporting a missionary via some kind of established mission agency, then the mission agency is providing that credibility and that legitimacy and making sure that, you know, people are actually doing what they should be doing and not just having a, a you know, a nice life, you know, missionary life is be a missionary, you know, see this life and the next, you know, see this world and the next, you know, yeah. let's go to having a big, a big, 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 um, a big travel. I do remember when I was, thinking of coming to Brazil I just I was still at university I was hoping to get back to Brazil and I approached um I think I'm I'm, it's good I I can name them it's the church that both of us went to in in Newcastle it's no surprise uh JPC and um Jesmond Jesmond Parish Church Church for those those that aren't cool with acronyms Not not in the know um and they were very um clear that if they wanted, if, if I wanted financial support, they were more than happy to pray for me. But if I wanted financial support, then I would need to be linked to an agency. They didn't want me to go independent, you know, just just me on my own, uh, you know, supported by the church. They wanted me to be linked to that agency. And I think, I think at the time I might've just got, I might've been a little bit annoyed with them. It's like, why should I be linked to an agency? I, you know, God's called me, you know, I'll just go on my own. But obviously, you know, in time, there was a very wise decision, I think, by the church is it's not always possible. But if it is possible, you know, to support, you know, to send people through agencies, I think, is a very good, good way of supporting and sending uh, uh, missionaries.
0: And I think going back to the going back to the question about why is it difficult for missionaries to be financially supported? um. I think one of the issues I think about too is that when a missionary is in another country, they're very disconnected from the sending community. Mm. Um, So I think sometimes it's very difficult to support a missionary and then see or hear or feel like you're part of the work that the missionary is part of. Mm. Last week we, or two weeks ago, we talked about success Mm. and um, I think One of the issues, and we can talk about church culture in our our last section here, but just touching briefly on it now, um, when we're sending a missionary out, uh, we don't see them necessarily as part of our church community or adding to Mm. the success of what we're trying to do too. Mm. Um, There was a quote I was reading, a, a paper from an African theological student. And he was discussing about the funding of missionaries in Africa. And he, you know, his paper is actually about how the African church relies on Western money and talking about why that is and the kind of culture that's involved. One of the interesting things he talks about is this um the the, the mentality towards missions and, and missionaries. Um and he he has this quote: he says, A missionary is therefore not understood to be as every Christian learning and adapting to the culture around while remaining biblically sound, but is either a white person from the West or a church member commissioned by the church to go and serve a certain purpose outside the church.
1: Mm-hmm. The
0: understanding of who a missionary is then is this limited to the restricted view of evangelism. Mm-hmm. So again, there's this this idea that, that, that missionaries are viewed as someone that's being sent outside of the church, someone that's been sent away from us. And somehow mm-hmm. they when they're sent out and sent away, they're no longer they're no longer part of us. Yeah, so I think sometimes it's, it's, it's hard for a, a church to realize that this is, we are the global church. It's our global responsibility to all be missionaries. Mm. But there are people that have been called specifically yeah. by God to go and do um, different things, yeah. called to different peoples. Um, mm. And that their success, uh, their success uh, is our success. Uh, their yeah. mission it is is our mission. Their, their struggles are our mm. struggles too. Yeah. Uh, I think I think if you have that kind of of, of view of things, uh, I, I think trying to raise support um, financially would be mm. easier if 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 people felt like they were the missionary was part of them, part of that family, of part of their community.
1: I had um I've got a, a little story as to to as an example to all of that. Uh, quite a few years ago. Um, one of our then supporting supporting churches. Um, uh, I was back in the UK, and uh, and the leaders got in touch with me, uh, took me out for a coffee, and they were like, you know, Andy, I'm afraid we're gonna we're gonna stop supporting uh, you and Rosie, um, you know, uh, in, as as mission partners from our church because you know we've we've decided that we're just gonna support people who who were from our congregation. Um, and we're going to support them. And since you guys aren't part of our congregation, um, we're not going to support you anymore. And I was like, dude, when I was in the UK at university, I was a part of this congregation. That's the whole reason why you guys sent me, <laughs> sent me out. <laughs> I was a part of this congregation. And yes, I've, for the past X number of years, I've been in Brazil, but I, you guys, I thought that was why you sent me because I was part of the congregation but what had happened and of no fault to their own was exactly what you just described I was sent out as part of the congregation because that's why they supported those in the first place but then over the years I you know we came we became kind of like the missionaries over there and they're not part of our congregation and then suddenly when the financial review came up it was like oh hey We've got people from our congregation that we're wanting to send out, so so these guys aren't part of our congregation anymore. Let's send these people out, and I was like, I was thinking, oh man, what happens if in a few years' time those people you've just sent out now you go through the same procedure? It's like, oh, you're no longer part of our congregation, so we're not gonna we're not going to support you anymore. Yeah. So I think it's um, and it's it's a two way it's a two way street as always nowadays with. Great communication, you know, we're chatting to each other in, from two different continents through Skype. You know, missionaries now have no excuse of, of being in touch with their supporting churches. Uh, you know, through newsletters, dropping in on a Zoom, you can, and you can be a part of the church now wherever you are in the world. And so now also the church, the sending church, they also don't have an excuse of making sure that their missionaries are very much front and center of what the church is doing. So like these are members of our church scattered throughout the world doing good mission work. And, yeah. you know, on the mission prayer meeting, we're gonna you know, have a Zoom and we're gonna get our mission partners from Asia who are gonna drop in and they're gonna tell us about their work. So, you know, they're, they're, there's easy ways of doing this. Now. Sure. It is funny that I think the best word I can use is like
0: the tribalism of churches. Um, Mm -hmm. that you just touched on there is this idea that um, there is the the church meaning the global church so all that follow Christ and then there's the church the local church and stuff like that too where we definitely through all the denominations and church splits that have marred uh, the Christian church over the last 2,000 years where there's this idea that we we can only support our own, you know, we can only support, yeah. uh, those people that come for, from us. Mm. Um, so this lack of kind of a global perspective of, yeah. of mission and of world mission and our responsibility mm. towards that too. Uh, going on what you said as well, I, you know, it's again, going back to success, linking to that, there's stress though, on a missionary to yes, they're in regular contact. I agree with that, that, the I agree with the idea of oversight. I agree with regular contact. But there is then stress to also produce results Yeah. Um, yeah. because you are uh, dependent on proving that you are doing something exciting. Mm-hmm. And like when we talked to Nick um, a few weeks ago now, and even when I talked to Rick as well about the work that their teams do, a lot of the work is very inefficient. It, it's mm-hmm. not something yeah. that's going to be uh, you know, we have such a short attention span these days. We want to mm-hmm. know what happened this week. What was the results this week? And mm-hmm. uh, how many people uh, decided to follow Jesus this week? How many lives mm-hmm. were changed this week? Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, you know, if, if uh, Nick and Jenna, they're working with students, they're in those students' lives for three, four years. Mm-hmm. And it's the change over that time. Yeah. You know, with Rick's team, uh, they're dealing with um, these African refugees, um, or Africans just moving uh, out mm. of Africa into these countries, uh, and they are investing in them, uh, teaching yeah. them English, teaching them how to drive, helping them get mm. jobs, helping them adapt to the culture that they move into. Again, you know, if you ask Rick, okay, how many lives were changed this week? That that's not actually no. how it works. No. So I do see there's going to be a lot of tension and stress there, mm. depending on how a church decides uh, what a missionary looks like and what success of mission looks like to them that discussion has to happen
1: and and you have to hope that you know sending churches and mission pastors or mission committees you know these are people who should understand how mission is done and how discipleship is done and if you it's obviously very relational and so hopefully you know the people who are sending the missionaries and have oversight over them understand how mission is done and shouldn't hopefully be ex- expecting success you know in exactly. that very numerical well, terms and and maybe you know defining
0: that you know missionary when we we're, we're using the word missionary again and again and again we we're, we're talking about um we're talking about people that have been called to to dedicate their lives full time and their families lives uh, full time to a specific work um that they've been called to um, and that work is about making disciples, but the way that they make disciples could play out depending on the culture and the situation they've right. been called to. That was uh, interesting. I have a bunch of quotes in front of me. Um, this guy, um, not a not a famous guy, uh, Mike Pettinger, jill he's just talking about uh, missionaries and his experience as a missionary. Uh, but he really has this line where he says a missionary is not a super Christian. Mm. Um, not simply an obedient Christian. Um, mm. And, you know, he is just talking about the need to recognize that because missionaries aren't super people, they're not, they are just normal people that are following a calling or being obedient uh, to mm. a calling that they, they need not just financial support, but the, the idea of oversight and the yeah. idea of community too. Yeah. Um, Cause we're, we're talking most about finances too, but um, depending on where you are as a missionary, uh, depending on how isolated you are to the importance of of having people that are actually invested in you as mm. as a person and invested in your family and mm. the success of you not just your mission and what you're trying to do but but missionaries need accountability too they need yeah. friendships uh, they need christian family um and, and they need support and opportunities to develop too and yeah. you could take that, that same thing I'm talking about. You could apply that to a a full-time any full-time minister, if they're pastor of a church or a minister of a yeah. church, a leader of a church. Same yeah. thing again, not a super yeah. Christian, yeah. just obedient, being called to yeah. a specific job, but they they need yeah. more than just financial support, they they also need that kind of
1: yeah. those relationships too. Yeah, and that's interesting, James. You know, we obviously we've been about giving and many people will suddenly automatically think we are talking of finance and we are talking of finance but but giving is much more than just giving our money and it's it's about giving giving our time giving our listening ear to be that support for pastors and missionaries and other people in in full-time Christian mission because you know, unfortunately, if you look, if you Google how the stats for how many pastors commit suicide each year in the U.S. and beyond, it's crazy, really is. And the amount of missionaries who who go through burnout because they are just giving of themselves without much pastoral emotional support. And they just burn themselves out and then return home as completely broken people. And so i think it's very important the issue that you've raised about actually making sure that the church or or we are also giving ourselves and caring for those in full-time mission as as people because we're not super christians we have the same struggles and we need to be supported holistically (laughs) not just us doing holistic mission but the support that the church gives us needs to be holistic as well so not just financial but support in lots of other ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a
0: real practical thing that people could do right now is um, if you are involved in a church, uh, find out who the missionaries are that your church supports, Um, Mm. get their email addresses, send them an email, show an interest in the work that they do. I Mm. remember when I spent some time in Africa, I remember that there was people that were in a place to do it, a financial place to do it, would come out and spend some time with missionary families. Uh, live with them see what they do it's always funny you know I live away from my family you do too Andy and Mm. when my family's been able to come over and visit it adds a total new context to the conversations because they now Mm. understand where do you live what is it like who are the people you know when I talk about people or I talk about school or I talk about this location they've been there it adds such a, a deeper understanding of what it's talking about I yeah. feel like it must be the same with with anyone that's been sent out that lives somewhere that's been supported. Uh, it is worth if if the missionary wants to be visited and you're not too high <laughs> maintenance. <laughs> so so <laughs> you should ask them first before you go. Yeah. So uh,
1: we're still we're still waiting for you, James, to come and visit. I
0: know, I know. COVID really put a dampener on my yeah. on my my autumn visit this year. So yeah, uh, yeah no, we'll we'll have to make it happen soon. Well, Andy, let's um, just kind of moving on. Uh, We both of us were thinking and we were trying to think of the church and we're trying to think of three things, three things that we'd love to see the church change or address uh, in this issue of kind of giving as it relates to uh, mission. So we kind of came up with kind of came up with three C's. Uh, So those three C's were uh, culture. A committee and and celebrating. Uh, so the first one was culture, and I think this is a really big one. This is a podcast within itself is talking about church <laughs> culture, and I think particularly Andy and I are talking about Western church culture too. Uh, mm. I think it it, it differs, um, but but our experiences are mostly kind of in the Western church culture, and I think when it comes to giving in in, in the culture one of the things that I would love to see change is uh, the culture of church when it comes to the purpose of church and, and mm-hmm. the mission of church. Yeah. So I was looking up um, uh, some different articles on how churches kind of spend their money um, because we know that when an organization spends its money, where the majority of its money goes is, is where its focus is. Um, So this is on American churches. This was um, a study done by Christianity Today. Uh, This was back in 2014. So it's a little bit of an older study. So looking at some of these statistics here, um, in the American church, only 5% of its budget uh, normally goes on mission spending. So this is both domestic and international. Um, over 70% of the budget goes on staffing and on the buildings itself. And then the the remainder money there is directed towards the different programs that church offers. So again, just looking at the budget spread, it's pretty clear that the focus is on, it's on, in America, it's on the building. And this is yeah. a very traditional churches. There are church plants out there um, that are doing things differently and they're trying to do things differently and innovatively. Um, but the majority of the churches that you'll see on the street corners in America, the focus is on the building, uh, the staff at the building and the programs that the building provides. Yeah, uh, so it's culture of mission is this idea that we will provide great programs, uh, mm. great teaching, and people will come and they will learn about Jesus and they will become followers of him and they will continue to come to those programs. Mm. So for me, and this is that, that bigger issue, uh, that, that for me isn't a kind of um, the correct focus. Um, mm-hmm. the correct focus that we should have is on raising up disciples, raising up people that follow Jesus, uh, that want to carry on the mission of Jesus, which is to make more disciples. Um, so raising up disciples that go out and make more disciples. Um, yeah. So to do that, you can't invest all your time in programs. You can't invest all your time in staff. And uh, mm. you have to invest in the people themselves. In people. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, a couple of things attached to uh, to culture there uh, would be the idea of if you have a uh, professionals leading all your programs, there's no opportunities for the people themselves to mature and grow by becoming leaders themselves, mm. by going out and leading small groups or uh, engaging in their own communities. Uh, engaging in in practical ways or or feeling like they are missionaries themselves called to their communities mm. too yeah so and again andy i that that was like a the sprinkling of powdered sugar over
1: yeah we uh, can do uh, we can do a whole nother pod on, yeah. on, 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 on the yeah.
0: statistics that was yeah great. but for me it's just that the, the focus the focus is on uh, it's not on mission the focus is on uh programming uh, yeah. Staff uh, and building, and that's kind of just, just shown by how the finances are distributed. Yeah, people,
1: people before projects, people before programs. Yeah, 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 kind of thing. Well, the second that was really good. The second, the second C, uh, which we came up with, uh, kind of follows on from that. It's it's committee, and this is, you know, we're speaking about those people in the church who. Who get? I don't. We didn't. I don't think we had James there. What percentage was given to actual mission there? It's
0: five percent. I
1: did say five percent. Was, was it there? Sorry, yeah, I just I the was, I switched yeah. off. Yeah. So usually uh, the the people who who have access to that five percent, how that five percent is spent, uh, is usually you know via a mission pastor or a or a mission committee at the at the church. Now, the first first kind of thing about these committees, which I would like to suggest to them, is to knock down the lead pastor's door and get a much better percentage (laughs) of that (laughs) given towards mission. So, obviously, hopefully, if the church is changing its culture in how they view mission, then hopefully that committee is going to get a little bit more than than, than just that 5%. But then how that 5% is then invested in mission... I think a committee really needs to to be very intentional that they get a good spread of of local mission initiatives, but then also world mission initiatives. And also obviously speaking as a world missionary, um, then I would definitely suggest for UK churches and for North American churches that their focus be on world mission and not just on local missions. On local missions too. Do we like controversial quotes, Andy? Yeah, I was going to say, give, give, give us that quote. Give us that you,
0: there. So which is quite good. Controversial quote. Again, this is from this guy called Mike Pettingill, who's talking about some of his experiences. And he says, do you believe your church needs a more expensive building, new carpet, or another secretary, while the missionaries you've partnered with are struggling to pay for new Bibles, translate books, or shoes for their own kids? God's great commission... Um, to make disciples, is a mandate given to the corporate church. So that's the church as a whole to spread his good news around the world. Yes, you're called to reach the heathen in Iowa or Tennessee or Illinois. Yes, the people in your town will go to the same hell as the people in the jungles of Zimbabwe, Laos and Colombia. However, the people in your town are not more deserving of the gospel than the people around the globe. Please continue to reach the people in the town where you've been called to minister. But never forget God has mandated you to participate in his global march towards reaching everyone the Great Commission is not optional so perfect Mike yeah.
1: Mike drop Mike I, drop Mike off stage. Mike. yeah no um, I,
0: I think yeah drop for Mike yeah I think what it's interesting there too it's it's this idea that we're not trying in our conversation here I hope people aren't hearing that we're saying hey we're, we're trying to raise world missions above other missions I think we're just making the point that missions in general, uh, whether it's domestic or whether it's international needs to be the priority and, and the and the focus uh, of the church. So if our biggest budget items are on the building, that's what Mike's saying, basically, our biggest budget items are on the staff and the building, then that's where our focus is. And then we have to ask a really difficult question and say, is that actually being used? Is, is those funds being used widely to carry out the mission like mm. is this idea of providing a good program or comfy seats on a sunday is that actually <laughs> leading uh, to change in people's relationships with god in mm. people's relationships with each other in people's relationships in the community that they live in and then is that actually
1: having an impact on on the wider on the on the wider world that we've been called yeah. to and like you know there are two and a half billion people in the world who currently have zero access to the gospel, like zero, N- nothing. And so like when we are talking about the Great Commission, in its purest form, it is to preach the good news to those who have not heard it. That's what Paul in the Bible, that was his greatest desire, was to, was to preach where Jesus, where Christ's name was not known. That's why he wanted to go to Spain uh, back in the day. And so, like for a mission committee in North America, in the UK, how can we justify spending most of our mission budget on local missions, as important as it is, whilst rejecting supporting and helping initiatives and local churches, literally trying to spread the good news to two and a half billion people who have never, don't even have access to it? Um, so I think that is important. And it is important for us who have who, who have been blessed with riches is to really be good stewards of them and to apply them um, where it's needed most. And where it's needed most, I would argue, is perhaps not in the US and in the UK. It is yep. in the globe south. Anyway, so that is the second C the one, and yeah. that's a
0: little one for the committees. Yeah. And then the third C is celebrate. And this is actually uh, attached to culture. And, and if you're thinking, as you listen to Andy there and you're thinking, well, hold on a second, uh, if we take the money away from the church, then how are the people in the local community going to be reached? Well, I think this, this again, comes down to this idea of celebrate. So me and Andy were talking uh, before we started the podcast today and we were talking about Uh, commissioning services. So a commissioning service, oftentimes when we send a missionary out from a community, uh, the church will get around someone, they'll pray for safety, they'll pray for success, uh, and they'll pray for them as this missionary is sent out to the location that they've been called to. Um, And we were kind of joking about, why don't we do that for everybody? Because if our understanding of the gospel and the Bible is correct, we're all called to be missionaries. So we're all called to be on mission uh, throughout our week, too. So, for example, if you work in a school or you work at a hospital or you work in an office building during the week, uh, then you are commissioned uh, Mm -hmm. to be on mission to where you are. So you are commissioned to be uh, like Jesus, acting like Jesus. To the patients or customers that you deal with, uh, to your work colleagues who you're with every day, too. Um, And the problem is, as a church, we don't celebrate or let people know that that has just as much value as someone that has been sent to uh, the far flung corners of the world. It is Mm. the same mission that, Mm. you know, you in Brazil, Andy, are on the same mission as me living in Penn Valley. Yeah. How finances are used to support our different things is different. (laughs) But the actual mission that we're on is different. Um, So I think sometimes why people don't realize that the missionaries is that we don't celebrate. We don't celebrate. So it's this idea that if you um, let's say you're a missionary in Africa and you plant a church and 50 people have decided to follow Jesus. We celebrate that. Uh, But let's say you're a shy introvert living in Leeds in England, (laughs) and you uh, have two neighbors over for dinner. Mm. Uh, We don't value that. We don't celebrate the fact. But despite those things, those are both part of the mission of following Jesus, whether you're telling people the gospel in Africa or whether you're practicing hospitality and love with your neighbors. Uh, those are things that, that that we need to celebrate. And I think mm-hmm. when we celebrate those things, we suddenly realize, we suddenly empower people in the church to realize it doesn't take a professional. I don't no. need a professional program to help me reach the people uh, that I work with and that I live with. I don't need a professional church. I don't need well, comfy cheap seats. I don't need a great kids program. Mm-hmm. I just need to realize that I've been called, and that even these simple things, having people around for dinner, uh, playing yeah. sports with people, is a way of engaging them with mission too. And yeah. so now, because that doesn't cost anything, it doesn't cost <laughs> anything to do that mission, then we can use our funds to do the things that do cost things, mm. um, to to support church plants in, yeah. in other countries, to support missionaries, uh, to support um, organizations that seek to bring justice and mm. social change Into the darkest parts of our world, whether that's addressing human trafficking or addressing hunger or illness or
1: sickness or abandoned children, whatever those things are too. Yeah, yeah. And it's about also celebrating that, that God has given each and every one of us different gifts and abilities, Uh, different vocations and we um, might be playing different roles in different parts in the same mission, like you said. And so we are celebrating that God actually wants to work through us in, in restoring the world to himself. That's a crazy, crazy mind blowing thing that God's master plan for bringing salvation to the world was obviously through Jesus. And then through us, <laughs> we are there, you know, us as created people. It's, it's crazy. So to celebrate that fact and to celebrate that God invites us to join in in his mission. That's a great final C. Yes.
0: Andy, I know that, you know, what we try and do with these discussions is it's our it's conversation. People are kind of listening in on a conversation between the two of us and, what I hope to inspire people with is just to have these conversations, just to to think through these issues um, for themselves, discuss it with their small groups or friends or mission committees, um, mm-hmm. and just try and think think differently um, about these things too. And you know what? If people disagree or if they have any questions, they are welcome to send us an email, and um, we can delete that email. <laughs> we don't even need to read it. <laughs> they, are welcome, they are welcome to send us an email and, and to be part of that
1: that discussion that discussion too yeah definitely and and yeah just the take home message is to to reflect on those three c's of of how can we change the culture you know in our in our own community you know how can we influence if we are part of the committee how can we influence you know the church's resources being being applied more effectively and efficiently in mission and and how can we celebrate uh, all of us uh, on 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 mission together uh, in this world. Yeah, sounds good, Andy.
0: Next week, we have the girls responding to our songs. Yeah. You know, maybe we need to come up with a new song challenge because I feel like you need an opportunity to redeem yourself uh, no, after the last week. Well, let me, <laughs> let me give you some thought. If you have any ideas uh, for a new challenge for Andy and I, then feel free to to send in those, those ideas too. Having heard our musical talents, um, I'm, I'm sure that you'll want to hear more. <laughs> or, or try and find something that we're actually quite good at. <laughs> I, I don't know if there's anything we're quite good at, Andy. I don't know about that. No. So. no.
1: <laughs> okay, Do,
0: well, have a good week, everybody.
1: Yeah, we'll see you again on The Far Shore.
0: Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can email us at reviveinternational.net. To learn more about the work of Revive International, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, revive-international.org. Please subscribe to keep track of new episodes. We look forward to you joining us on our next journey being called to the Far Shore.